Good morning, good Palm Sunday to all of you, friends and family uh, alike at the Grace Church of Metter Community. It's so good to have you uh, with us this morning. We're looking forward to a wonderful day together in worship and fellowship. And we want to remind you tonight that we have a um, Palm Sunday evening service that's been um, uniquely planned uh, for us. And we look forward to having you back and joining together in worship uh, at 6 o'clock uh, this evening. I thought we'd start today uh, with a word of prayer and thanking God for this opportunity to be together, sing together, and study uh, the Bible together. So let's ask his blessing on our time together as we continue. Uh, please join me in prayer. Thank you, Lord, so much for this Lord's Day. We thank you, Lord, for your grace that compels us to um, have a change of pace and a change of focus on this day, to rest and to um, worship you. We thank you, Lord, uh, for um, setting this day aside for your people to do just that. I pray as we worship in our homes and from our homes together today that everything that you see and hear would be acceptable in your sight, our strength, and our Redeemer. I pray, Lord, that hurting hearts would be consoled, anxious hearts would be settled, fearful hearts would be made bold in Christ. And Lord, that you would take your word as it's given this morning and break the bread of your word to each heart in unique and personal ways that's necessary for us. And may we leave our worship time together stronger and more joyful than when we first began this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I have the opportunity to uh, sing along together here this morning, and we'll begin with uh, a hymn, Here is Love, and the words will be on your screen. So let's take this time and let's worship together in song. Thank you. 
thank you for singing along in worship uh, together. Thanks, Pastor Mike and Kelly and their girls for um, singing and leading us in that uh, song of worship. Um, thank you very, very much. We'll look forward to singing again uh, in just a couple moments here, a favorite hymn as well, And Can It Be. I wanted to give a personal thank you to those of you who were able to make it to Joe uh, Jackson's parade on Monday, um, it was wonderful uh, to watch you be an eyewitness, to watch you be the comfort of God to Joe and Kathy at this time. That um, was a powerful working of the Holy Spirit through you to minister to their hearts. And it was a a tremendous witness to obviously Joe's uh, community there and to our city and to our area. So thank you for, uh, again, being the comfort of God to, to Joe and Kathy, and thank you for your continued prayer uh, for them. On Wednesday evenings, we're emailing out prayer sheets to you folks that include uh, numerous people in our flock who continue to uh, struggle with their own their own health issues uh, apart from the uh, the coronavirus and uh, continue to lift these folks up in prayer as you have and thank you for ministering to each other in very unique and personal ways um, that we never thought we would necessarily have to minister to one another in these ways but we are you are and uh, thank you uh, so much we have a a wonderful. Easter service planned for you uh, for next week. So beginning Tuesday, uh, be looking for uh, how uh, we're going to worship together next Lord's Day, Easter Sunday uh, together. And we trust that your hearts will be encouraged and uh, with anticipation, uh, look forward to that service together uh, as we look forward to every uh, Lord's Day uh, and worshiping together. I'd like to welcome our guests who are joining us this morning. Uh, multiple states, uh, countries, and also uh, in particular here right in our own area, uh, friends, uh, co-workers, uh, neighbors, and relatives of our own people here right in Northeast Ohio. We'd like to welcome you. We would love to have knowledge of your being a guest with us this morning. So if you have a cell phone or a device that you can text us, we would love to have you text us the word welcome. Just text the word welcome to uh, the phone number 440-255-7045. It's 440-255-7045 and we would like to send you a gift. So please let us know uh, that you're with us. Uh, we spend time uh, every Sunday morning uh, praying for uh, the guests who join us for worship. And we would love to be an encouragement to you, um, pray for you beyond prayer, uh, just administering to you if you need it. Uh, we know that these are uh, unique and trying times for all of us. And we would love to share with you uh, the comfort of God in the person of Jesus and God's Word, the Bible, uh, to help you uh, walk with you uh, through this unique time. So please let us know that you're with us today uh, by texting the word welcome to that phone number and we'll be sure to pray for you and get in touch with you. Um, I hope you come back and join us again uh, anytime we're able to live stream these services together. Uh, as a matter of uh, prayer, uh, uniquely we have three gals in our church uh, that are God willing, going to be giving birth this month. And I know, uh, having spoken uh, to these families, um, two of the three families, uh, and prayed for all three, uh, that this is um, obviously a, a little bit of a fearful time, uh, giving birth during the virus and having to head into the hospital or just be in unfamiliar environments or around people that uh, are not so familiar to us. Uh, pray for these gals uh, 
if you would, and now a number of you already are, and God would settle their hearts as we move along here this morning. So uh, let's sing again here, a familiar hymn uh, to all of us, uh, And Can It Be? And then we'll have a word of prayer and uh, look into God's word uh, again this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Let's sing together, And Can It Be? 134.
thank you so much for encouraging one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That's Colossians 3, right? And we do sing God's word to each other to instruct and equip each other uh, to be strengthened in our faith. And uh, so thank you so much for singing that familiar and uh, helpful hymn to us. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Let's take our Bibles together on your devices or your paper copies. And let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And uh, today we're going to uh, consider just two phrases uh, from this second letter to the Corinthians that Paul wrote in relationship to God being our advocate or who is our advocate in the time of comfort. So let's pray together and then we'll dive into this next portion of 2 Corinthians chapter 1 together and consider the comfort of God. Thank you Lord for the opportunity now we have to be helped by your spirit to discern, uh, comprehend, and then apply uh, your word. May the morsels of truth that we're able to um, partake of uh, during this day, um, may we spiritually uh, digest them and, uh, and live on their strength uh, throughout the rest of the week as we seek to, to live lives that mirror your character and remain light to those around us who may need uh, the Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father in heaven, for uh, those three souls that we were able to see come to know Jesus as their Savior this past week. What a great delight, Lord, it is to know uh, that you're still saving people and that you're willing to use us to help live Christ before them, that they might see his joy and his peace in us, and then inquire of that joy and peace in us, and then hear of the Lord Jesus Christ from us, and the great rest that he's brought to our hearts, especially, Lord, during these very trying and difficult times. So again, help us to understand what it means to be helped from heaven by way of the comfort of God during this difficult time as we study your word this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I want to just begin this morning by just addressing those who are watching us from afar. I believe there's 11 different states in addition to the state of Ohio, uh, folks tuning in from those 11 different states this morning. And we have a lot of um, our own personal friends uh, of my family, and I know personal friends and coworkers, neighbors of your family. I just want to, again, welcome you and to uh, share from my heart to yours that uh, any day of the week, any time of any day of the week, we are very interested in um, helping you, praying for you, encouraging you in God's Word, the Bible. Um, there, there is a calm in the storm of this whole uh, pandemic that Jesus brings to the hearts of those who know him. And there's a unique and special joy and stability that Jesus brings to the hearts of those who know him during this time. We would love to share with you uh, that joy and that peace and that stability that only Jesus uh, can bring. And uh, so please let us know whether you know the Lord personally or whether you don't, we want to be a help to you and an encouragement to you. Uh, for those who do know the Lord Jesus Christ, I know that uh, God's word is a special, unique form of comfort to us. And uh, we'll study here again this morning. Um, but for everybody else, we just love to minister to you in any way possible. Uh, so please let us know by emailing. You can text, uh, call, um, whatever form you wish. And please know that if you have other friends, uh, co-workers, or relatives that are hurting that you know of, I want you to encourage them 
to also reach out to us. We want to be used of God in very um, profound ways during this time. Uh, we know that it's, it's not us that can bring the comfort of God, but we can certainly talk about Jesus Christ who can bring and who is the comfort of God to us. Uh, so please let us help wherever we can, and we'll look forward to that. Uh, let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verses 5 and 6, verses 5 and 6 together this morning, uh, and I'll read those for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 5, For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. But if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. Or if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which is effective in the patient enduring of the same sufferings, which we also suffer. We divided verses 3 through 11 up into three sections last week. And those three sections, we just titled those, uh, our announcement, the comfort that we were able to glean from how our God was announced to us, that regal announcement of being the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the Father of all kinds of comfort. And this week we move into the second part, which is our advocacy that strengthens our hearts, our support, our advocacy that strengthens our hearts. And that's found here in verses 5 and 6. And that's where we're going to settle our hearts and our minds today in discussing this advocacy. I thought it was interesting this week that there's two large medical vessels that are now stationed on the east and west coast of our country. And do you remember that the names of those vessels that the, the president had sent to the coasts? Comfort and mercy. And I find it interesting, the media called them the comfort vessel and the mercy vessel. They're exclusive. And we're grateful for those folks who are operating those vessels and offering medical care on board to hundreds of needy souls at this time. But they're exclusively commissioned to help and to assist people in a time of trouble. Well, when we study the topic of comfort, we know that there is an exclusive comfort that is only offered by God in Jesus Christ. And it is the comfort, it is the mercy of God that really cannot be obtained um, anywhere else or through anyone else other than the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that narrowness causes um, heartburn uh, for many. I know right now millions are looking to find uh, comfort and encouragement from each other. And that's a gift from God, to be sure. We're all made in God's image and we all find value in being interdependently helpful to one another these, in these times. Um, I have a friend that lives in New York City. I have a lot of friends that live in New York City. A handful of them pastor and one of them was on Facebook Live last night, and uh, he lived in a particular area of Queens, I believe, and he stepped outside on his phone on Facebook Live, and uh, he was surrounded by um, thousands of people that were on their balconies of their apartment complexes and that little part of that borough of New York City, and they were all banging on pots and pans and taking pieces of metal and, and, and clanging on their fences, on their, uh, on their porches that overlooked um, the landscape below them from their apartment. And it was, uh, it was a deafening sound, even on Facebook. 
thousands of people doing this. And the reason why they were doing this, why they were doing this was to show their appreciation for first responders. And uh, when an when a ambulance would drive by or a police car or someone in the medical field, uh, the, the clanging would get even louder and louder uh, as people showed their appreciation because they knew they needed each other physically. They knew they needed each other for each other's emotional well-being. And you know what? That's good. Those are good gifts from God. But in the end of the day, when the appreciation um, disappears, uh, when we're left to ourselves personally to contemplate the, uh, the, the trial and the darkness of this trial at this time, um, locally, nationally, and globally, and there really is no one else with us. Um, humans are designed to give us comfort and encouragement. And that's super helpful and needy. But there really is scripturally only one person that can exclusively give you soul rest and soul help. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the God-man. He is God in flesh for us to bring peace to our hearts through the forgiveness of our sins. And we want to study this exclusive advocacy that God gives to us and His Son. Uh, but I just want you to be okay uh, with understanding that there's a reason why at the end of um, trying to find help between us or among us, by trying to find help by looking around us, when you still come to that point where that human advocacy is not enough, then you're nearing the place where God really wants you to be. Because though it's good, like I said, it certainly is not sufficient. Only Jesus is capable to help us in that time. And something just came to mind here. And uh, if I can find it uh, real quickly, I, I keep notes of different things in my phone. And I wanted to, this isn't in my uh, sermon notes for this morning, um, but I just wanted to find this very quickly and uh, see where... I put it, yeah, it was a Facebook ad um, on television this week. And you probably saw it. It's a very compelling, very tender, intimate ad of demonstrating the, the need and the importance that, that we are to one another. And the end of the commercial said this, and again, you probably remember it. It says, we're never lost if we can find each other. We're never lost if we can find each other. And I thought, you know what, how special that is. And that's true. And we're all watching each other, finding each other. And how special that is for us, whether it's a, a child, uh, a grandchild with his parents uh, trying to encourage a grandparent in an assisted living facility or a nursing home facility. And they're trying to encourage each other through the glass window, people visiting each other's in the neighborhood and social distancing rules, kids out on streets and sidewalks. Uh, doing children's artwork, beautiful artwork. Um, so as people take their walks, they're encouraged by what they see when they look down. Um, and all that's wonderful and all of it's special and it's needed, right? It's necessary. But there is one who is ultimately necessary. And when you, and when you find your way to that place where everyone has brought you joy around you, but that joy hasn't ultimately and finally satisfied your soul. I pray that you understand that Jesus can bring joy and satisfaction to your soul. And only he can do that because he's God. I'd love to talk to you more about that, uh, as we said earlier. Um, but you know what? Uh, the person who probably invited you to join this live stream, the person that you know well a whole lot better than me, uh, 
they're able to tell you how Jesus brought peace to their heart and soul. And uh, so maybe talk to them or keep talking to them uh, as we pray for you that you'll come to know him as your Lord and Savior. All right, so let's talk about this advocacy. We've already read these uh, two verses. And uh, we learned last week that God is merciful. He's the father of mercies, right? He's the God of all kinds of comfort. And this is a divine and, and regal mercy and comfort. And from eternity, from all eternity, there will be an exclusivity in God's mercy and comfort because he is our divine and eternal creator. He is mercy. He is comfort. Okay. Charles Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers from London, said this. He said, the Lord's mercy often rides to the door of our heart upon the black horse of affliction. And certainly, uh, Spurgeon was just trying to tell us that uh, there is always sufficient mercy when affliction arise at our doorstep. And that mercy is found again in the Father of mercies and in his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So though the virus has arrived at the thresholds of communities across the globe and, and delivers the or offers really or delivers uh, sickness and death in God and through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, mercy and comfort are offered. So for this week and next, let's learn together about the advocacy or the support that God offers to us in times of affliction. If you recall, we mentioned last week that there's really 10 different basic words for suffering in the Greek language as a whole. Paul uses five of those words here in the second letter to the Corinthians. And one of those words he's already used twice in the, word, in the verses we studied last week. If you go back with me to verse 3 and verse 4, will identify those two places. Remember, we read last week, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction. There's the first time. Affliction. So that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. There's the second time. Same word mentioned twice. With the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. This word simply means to feel like you're hemmed in, to be in a narrow place and under a lot of pressure. This is the most common word for affliction or trouble in the New Testament. You feel squeezed, right? You felt that way the last several weeks, haven't we? We felt hemmed in, we felt confined, squeezed, under a lot of pressure, uh, not just from the virus, but also from governmental expectations and requirements and uh, social distancing rules and so forth. I think all of us understand uh, what this word means uh, in particular. In the book of 2 Corinthians, you're going to find this same word uh, translated, not just affliction, but tribulation and trouble. Well, now since the main assertion of the passage is that God comforts those who are in any trouble with every kind of comfort available to us through him, I want to also interject at this point that there are three primary ways that God brings comfort to his people. Before we continue to dive into verse 5 here this morning. First of all, he can remove us from the affliction. He can remove us from the affliction. And there's two ways that he does that, right? Uh, we, we've all been praying, and rightfully so, that God would give us a dispensation, a time of mercy here, where he would take this virus and its effects away. God can do that. I trust that you're praying that God would be merciful, uh, not just to the, the hot spots where the virus is is ravaging communities, uh, but also from every place in the world. God would be merciful and remove it. God can do that. He can stop the affliction, and we'll pray that way. Well, God can also 
remove us from it. I read an author uh, last week, and he said sometimes God removes us from affliction, or he removes us, he causes relief in the, in the affliction. Well, he can take it away from us, or he can take us away from it. Yes, sometimes uh, God can even use death, physical death, in the life of a believer to take us from the affliction. Paul said, for me to live is Christ and, and to die is gain. Paul also said in 1 Corinthians 15 that when we know the Lord Jesus Christ, the sting of death and the grave is removed from us. And we know the psalmist's heart, the Lord's heart for us is expressed through the psalmist that precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of one of his saints. So yeah, the Lord can take the affliction away or he could take us away from the affliction and his name is to be blessed in either case. Well, secondly, God can use other believers to bring comfort in times of trouble. Boy, we saw that uh, Monday night with Joe's parade, didn't we? Uh, and maybe uh, you've had a much needed visit from another Christian friend uh, when you were enduring a, t a hospital stay or an elongated hospital stay. Maybe just this week even, you've received a card in the mail of special spiritual encouragement from another person who knows the Lord Jesus that, that loves you as well. I know some have visited each other even during this time. I've seen pictures on social media of you outside each other's homes or with a pane of glass in between you, uh, reaching out to be a spiritual form of comfort. Paul had those people in his life, didn't he? Paul, the Apostle Paul, had Barnabas, a son of comfort. Where really would Paul have been without his special friends, Aquila and Priscilla? I think of two men that he mentioned in Philippians chapter 2, Epaphroditus and Timothy, using very, very, very tender terms of endearment uh, to describe those two friends and what uh, they meant to him. We all have those people in our lives, especially in our church community, that bring the comfort of God to us because they know the Lord Jesus Christ and they truly know how to do that. The third way that God uh, can deliver his people or bring comfort uh, to his people is simply through the work of his spirit as we enjoy the word of God, as we read it, and understand it and live it, and as we spend time in prayer. Uh, that is really that unique and exclusive comfort that only God can bring to us when maybe their Christian friends aren't readily available. And, and when God has chosen not to remove us from an affliction, but deliver us in the affliction, it's that unique and personal and special time that we have just spending time with God alone in his word and prayer. I was whistling the tune of a favorite hymn of mine this last week and the words brought uh, comfort to my heart as I was spending time with God. And it was that favorite hymn we're all familiar with, Sweet Hour of Prayer, Sweet Hour of Prayer that calls me from a world of care and bids me at my Father's throne make all my wants and wishes known. In seasons of distress and grief, my soul has often found relief and oft escaped the tempter's snare by thy return, sweet hour of prayer. I think a lot of us are spending probably more time in prayer now than maybe we've spent in our lifetimes. And, and that's good. That's good. That is a sweet hour to be sure. You know, it is amazing to me how... Um, God has uh, allowed you to share with me over the last three weeks uh, hundreds of scripture texts where it was just you and God and God speaking through his word to comfort your soul. Maybe someday I'll just have a way to post all of those 
and to share with you all of those scripture texts that you've been sharing with me. I've been utilizing some of those scripture texts and those Facebook little devotions, uh, devotionals I've been doing, and I thank you for that. But that really settles my heart as a pastor because you've been enjoying the exclusive comfort of God uh, personally just from spending time in his word uh, and in prayer. You know, hymn writers throughout history have been inspired to write hymns, many hymns that you're familiar with, uh, and they were inspired to write those hymns because they were experiencing the exclusive comfort of God through the scriptures to their own hearts while they were enduring um, physical agony in their lives. You know Fanny Crosby, to God be the glory all the way my Savior leads me, was blind. But did you know also that the hymn writers of these familiar titles of hymns, O Love That Will Not Let Me Go, Sweet Hour of Prayer, Nearer Still Nearer, He Giveth More Grace, these folks also struggled with blindness or crippling arthritis. Take the name of Jesus, another hymn writer who was bedridden because of the effects of crippling arthritis. Charlotte Elliott was also bedridden. She gave us the hymn, Just As I Am. Confined to their bed, recovering from a serious illness, the hymn writer, I love to tell the story and tell me the old, old story. Those hymns came from that soul who was comforted by God during the time of her affliction. Eliza Hewitt developed a severe spinal condition, was con confined to her bed for quite a long period of time, and she gave us the hymns more about Jesus and when we all get to heaven. Take my life and let it be who is on the Lord's side? This favorite hymn writer was in poor health all of her life, and she died at the early age of 43. Great is thy faithfulness. This hymn writer served as a pastor for a short time, but could not even pursue the pastorate. And as a young man, had to, to leave the ministry because of frail health. Showers of Blessing, Have You Any Room for Jesus, was written by a Civil War amputee. The hymn writers and their trials and how they were particularly comforted by God during those trials go on and on and on. And you know what it means to be inspired to persevere in a trial by your own personal walk with God. So the Lord does bring comfort to his people. And there's never a time that he hasn't brought comfort to his people. And there will never be a time where he won't bring comfort to his people. So as we continue on in verses 5 and 6, we notice our author is about ready to use a different Greek word for suffering. So we'll draw your attention again here to verse 5. For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. The word suffering here, the second word used, is where we get our English word paschal. All right? This is paschal suffering or physical suffering, if you will. And this can be the suffering that's endured by the whole of our person, body, soul, or spirit. And uh, this is the suffering that's mentioned here in verse 5. So what I want to point out here uh, in uh, this first aspect of our advocacy that we find here in suffering is that there's an experience, there's an experience identified here, and then an experience that's shared, something identified and something that's shared. The identification is just here, for just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, in Christ we share his righteousness and so many other spiritual blessings, including suffering. Paul said it to be so in other passages. He said he was a prisoner of Christ. 
He said he was a bond slave of Christ. And he endured times of being chained with the chains of Christ. The Apostle Paul never disassociated his physical pain apart from Christ. His pain was Christ's pain. And Christ's pain was his pain. Paul never considered his suffering to be his alone because Christ's, because it was Christ's first, and then in Christ, Paul suffered. Peter explains this reality in his own words in chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. He says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial which comes upon you for your testing as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you share in the sufferings of Christ, Keep on rejoicing so that also at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exultation. This is the capstone, if you will, of our ability to endure difficulty. Our Christ endured the greatest difficulty. And in him, we have the example and the ability to do the same. So what does it mean to share in the sufferings of Christ in abundance? Well, there's a lot of sufferings that we endure, the sufferings of Christ. And in Bible times and in some remote places on the earth, people do suffer with physical persecution and suffering this way can be sharing in the sufferings of Christ. We already saw that with the Apostle Paul, right? His chains, his bonds, being a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, but the Corinthian people didn't suffer that way as Paul suffered, as was outlined in Acts 19 and other passages. Sharing in these sufferings of Christ for the Corinthian people, though they may not have suffered physically, they have had, by this time, endured some mistreatment of some kind. Because Christ as their Savior had caused them to walk in a counter-cultural way in relationship to morality. They had a change of life when they came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. The grace of God transformed them by Christ in the inner man and, and set their feet on a new course of living. Um, we know what Paul says, that when we come to know Christ, old things are passed away and behold, all things are come new, become new. You know that we've explained together as a church family um, 1 Peter chapter 4, I think it's verses 1 through 6, where Peter says that we endure suffering because sometimes friends that we used to run with um, don't run with us anymore because Jesus came into our lives and, and changed the way we lived and, and they can't grasp how um, our lives have come to that point of change and they're not really comfortable being around that change and and boy, if we love them long enough and pray for them long enough, uh, maybe they'll inquire someday as to what brought about or who brought about that change in us. And, and we long for that day, right? Uh, but until then, uh, when they leave us and they no longer want to be around us, um, we understand what it means in abundance to share in the sufferings of the Lord Jesus Christ. So anyways, as we continue this morning uh, together, I want your hearts to be encouraged that even though um, our suffering may be this way, uh, that God always commensurately offers unique and particular kinds of comfort, uh, as we've already described this morning, to bring solace to our hearts. Okay? So... Has Christ made such a difference in your life that others have noticed the transformation? I trust he has. Um, I won't mention any names, but just last week, uh, one of the folks that came to know Jesus as their personal savior um, was with someone uh, and they were watching the live stream together. And before the live stream began, he asked um, the person he was watching with you know, so-and-so, what makes, uh, or why aren't you scared 
about this virus and all that's going on. And the person just said, well, Jesus makes it easy. Jesus makes it easy. And then at the end of the live stream, we showed Joe Jackson's testimony. You remember that? And, and the peace of God, the comfort of God demonstrated uh, through Joe to this man. Uh, both those witnesses of those two people compelled this man uh, to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior this week. And, and we rejoice in that. And so maybe, uh, maybe if you are enduring uh, some level or some degree of the abundance of the sufferings of Christ, just remember um, people that might bring that difficulty to your life, um, they still love you. They uh, may be a little bit confused by your change of life. Uh, but in time, I think 1 Peter 3.15 may be a reality. They'll ask you. They'll ask you about your faith, and then you'll have uh, the opportunity to give them an answer. So, you know then what it means to share in the sufferings of Christ. So we know that Christ suffered on the cross for my sin, your sin, all of our sins. He died for sin so that we might die to sin. He suffered so that we might live free from the power and the penalty of sin. On this Lord's Day, as we look forward to celebrating our Lord's resurrection next week, it is good for us to remember why we had and have a Savior that suffered. He suffered as the Lamb of God that had come to take away the sin of the world. And our Lamb of God must needs suffer for our sin. Okay? Let's remember these precious verses in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 to 18 as we come to a close here this morning. Therefore, since the children share in the flesh and blood, he himself, Jesus himself, likewise also partook of flesh and blood. He became, God became man. That through death, Jesus might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. For assuredly, he does not give help to angels, but he gives help to the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brethren in all things so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of his people, for since he himself was tempted and that which he had suffered, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. That text reminds me of another one in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 21 to 25, which I'll read as we crescendo to our closure this morning. For you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving an example for you to follow in his steps. We're sharing in his sufferings and abundance, right? Who, Jesus, committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds we were healed. For you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of our souls, of your souls. Jesus is the king of suffering, not just because he endured it, he conquered its greatest consequence, death itself. And that's why he is the advocate for our suffering. We share in his sufferings and we persevere in the same because Christ is our example and he is our victory. When he suffered, it was for us. Now when we suffer, he suffers also. Why? So also the second part of verse five, our comfort would be abundant through Christ. Far exceeding sharing in the sufferings of Christ is sharing in the comfort that is abundant in Christ. Each of us who has known Christ for any length of time 
would boldly say that God's comfort, especially the eternal comfort and riches we have in Christ, far outnumber the sufferings we endure on his behalf. Jesus is the consolation for our souls for eternity. It reminds me of another favorite hymn of ours. And boy, music has become such a a solace to the soul during this time, uh, especially for the Christian um, hymnity, uh, Christian songs with with, uh, these spiritual lyrics are so helpful. Remind me of a hymn this week I sang, Grace is flowing uh, like a river from the Mount of Calvary. Look to Jesus, Christ the giver. He from sin can set you free. Heaven's fountain never floweth, all our needs to be supplied. Taste his love, receive his mercy. No one yet has been denied. Come to Jesus, weary sinner. Calvary's river flows today. All who plunge beneath that fountain wash their guilty sins away. Grace is flowing like a river. Millions there have been supplied. Still it flows as fresh as ever from the Savior's wounded side. This in large part is what Paul is saying. In Christ, there's an equal amount of comfort that is ours, and it's equal to the righteousness of Christ we were given at salvation. The grace of God is ever effervescing in both salvation and comfort in suffering. And I trust that that is your reality today. And it's true, isn't it? Uh, We know that that is what God's grace compels us to comprehend to help us to persevere during this time. There's affliction, there's trouble, but we know in Christ there's an equal to, probably greater than ability to know the comfort of God in Christ uh, during this time as we suffer through affliction uh, together. So again, I hope you know the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, If you don't, I'm going to continue to pray that the Spirit of God draws your attention to the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, the person that you know uh, that's from grace or associated with grace that knows Jesus, I trust that you'll look and ask, look to them and ask them questions about what Jesus means to them. All right, Uh, let's have a word of prayer together in closing and we'll sing a final hymn together. And then we're all welcome to be dismissed after the singing of that hymn. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we love you. We thank you so much uh, for the words that were written by Paul, preserved for us by your spirit uh, this morning. Uh, We know, Lord, that um, as we share in the sufferings of Christ, so also is the uh, comfort of God abundant through Christ as well. Uh, Thank you, Lord, for that uh, promise that that would not just be our reality, but it would always be the case as we walk with you in our lives. Help us, Lord, to continue by your grace to be that spiritual source of encouragement to others and that light of Christ to those who need the comfort of God in their lives right now uh, through him. In Christ's name we pray, amen. The hymn we'll close with is, O God, My Joy. Uh, Let's sing along together and encourage each other as we finish our service this morning. Number 96, we'll sing verses 1 and 3. We'll stand and sing, O God, My Joy. Let's sing.